0: We have been in the middle of a lot of uncertainty lately, haven't we? It seems like everywhere you look from pandemic to racial reconciliation, systemic racism, the conversations surrounding these things, there just feels like there's uncertainty everywhere. We don't know when things are going to get back up and running to the fullness of what they can be. We don't know if protests are going to keep going. We don't know what the answers are. We just have a lot of questions. Um, And I don't know if you feel it like me, but it's hard to have all these questions and not really have the answers. There's this quote that we've been talking about here at New Community from the great poet T.S. Eliot. He says, we had the experience, but we missed the meaning. And then he goes on and he says, an approach to the meaning restores the experience in a different form. So there's this thing that he puts out there to say, don't have the experience, but miss the meaning. And I think as as I'm watching the news, as I'm thinking about all that's going on around us, as I'm living life trying to figure out what normal looks like, I think we need to find some meaning within the uncertainty. Like our experience the past several months has been uncertainty, but what is the meaning? If you're a follower of Jesus, you might be asking this question, what might God be saying and what will we do about it? How do we respond to those questions? What does it mean to have these experiences that we've all been collectively as humans, especially um, just, I mean, in our nation and across the world, we've been having these experiences together, but what is the meaning? I want to tell you a story today from the book of First Samuel and the scriptures. And, and if you go to First Samuel, you'll see that the very first king of Israel was this guy named King Saul. Israel had been freed from slavery. They've been given this promised land. And almost as soon as they get there, they're begging God, they're begging Yahweh, we want a king like everybody else. And he says, you don't need a king, you have me. But they say, no, we want a king. And so he anoints for them King Saul. And in this moment that we're talking about, it comes out of 1 Samuel 13, the Israelites are encamped. They're, they're basically camped out and they're surrounded by their arch enemy, the Philistines. And the Philistines are threatening them. It seems like battle is coming the israelites are terrified the scripture says they're hiding in caves and thickets they're hiding out of rocks and pits and cisterns and one scripture even says the troops the israelite troops were quaking with fear they knew the battle was coming and in this moment saul king saul is told to wait for the priest wait for samuel to come because when samuel comes he will offer the holy sacrifice and saul has to wait seven days but the thing is after those seven days king saul Decide Samuel's still not here, and King Saul says, I'll make the sacrifice for us. I'll take on the responsibility uh, of the priest. The, you, you could say it this way, Saul defiles the holy by uh, assuming the role of the priest. You know, when it comes to the uncertainty that so many of us live with, especially now, I, I think we find this, this principle at work. Much of the anxiety that we Feel. Much of the stress in, in the middle of uncertainty comes often because we are trying to control things that we were never meant to control. Like Saul assumes the responsibility of the priest. The problem was the king was never meant to be the priest. He was He was trying to control something he was never meant to control. There's this great author, Stephen Covey, and he he writes about effective people, right? He says that effective people have these two circles. We have our circle of concern, all the things that we're concerned about, but then we have this circle of influence, which is the things, the relationships, the, the systems, the processes that we actually have influence over. And Covey says that the most ineffective people spend their time in the circle of concern and don't actually focus on the circle of influence. So, when the priest gets to where King Saul is, he actually rejects King Saul and says, Your role, your role as king, your family's lineage, it's not going to last. And I want to say this truth to you. You may be rejected from the role that you try to play that controls the things you were never meant to control. If you're trying to assume in all the uncertainty a role that you were never meant to have, control that you were never offered, you might get rejected of that role. Now this story goes on in in, in 1 Samuel 13. We're told that the whole nation of Israel was without weapons. There there was not a blacksmith that could be found in the whole land of Israel. So think about this. They're surrounded by their enemies. Battle is coming and they are without any weapons. The writer of 1 Samuel goes on and he actually says, so on the day of the battle not a soldier With Saul and Jonathan had a sword or spear in his hand. There was no weapon, but then he goes on and says, only Saul and his son Jonathan had them. There were two swords in Israel. That's it. And they're surrounded entirely by the Philistine army. So you've got the king and his son with a sword, and the king has been rejected. Israel was in this position where fear was the driving force. Anxiety was the thing that was skyrocketing. The enemy was strong. And they were camped right next door the way the Israelites were. And the Israelites found themselves without weapons. Now think about this. There are always times, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're trying to live a life of faith. I want you to this: there are always times where we are called to faithfulness right in the middle of uncertainty. So, the question I would ask you today, what does our relationship with Christ look like in the middle of all this uncertainty? What does your relationship with God look like? This is, see, when we enter the depths of uncertainty, it demonstrates the depths of our walk with God. God may use this time, this chaotic cultural season that so many of us find ourselves in, he may use this time to grow you. And I would encourage you today, if you're trying not to miss the meaning, lean into the uncertainty. If you feel like you're in a place where you don't have the weapons to fight whatever battle you're facing, you may be in exactly the right space to grow closer to God. When it comes to this global pandemic COVID-19 right where if you don't know what's coming which none of us do you can actually lean into a trust of your heavenly father like you've never known before when we look at conversations of, of racial reconciliation of systemic oppression if you are someone who's standing there going i don't know what to do i don't know what to say i don't have answers i mean i have action steps that's the perfect space to begin to learn To acknowledge that you're lacking, to acknowledge that maybe the best thing you can do is take a moment, take a season, take some months of silence, and just simply start anew. This story in Samuel goes on in the next chapter, and we start to hear more about King Saul's son, Jonathan. And we find this just incredible moment, such a kind of a playful, fun moment in the scriptures. But Jonathan, it says, says to his young armor bearer, the guy who carries his shield, he says, Come, let's go over to the outpost of these uncircumcised men. And he says, This, let's go see these Philistines, right? And then he says this phrase: He says, Perhaps, and I'll just write that down if you're taking notes. Perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. Now I want you to think about this. The armor bearer has no weapon. Jonathan has one of the only swords. In Israel and Jonathan looks at the guy who's given the job to protect him and says let's go see if we can pick a fight perhaps God will act in our behalf perhaps now if I'm an armor bearer that's the last word that I want to hear in the middle of heading into a battle I don't want to hear perhaps I want to hear we've done research we've done strategic analysis and we know God's gonna fight for us but Jonathan says perhaps let's go let's go pick a fight perhaps God will act Friends, if you get nothing else today, I want you to notice there are moments where we are called to be brave enough not to know. We're called to be courageous enough to not have all the answers. Do you know what I notice about our culture today? So many of our leaders, So many of the people we look up to, so many politicians, so many news pundits, so many social media articles, so much of what we hear and what we consume and what we see and read and think about today is centered on assumptions of answers or the illusions of answers or whatever voice it is that we're taking in saying, we know where we're headed, the people we follow, They tend to zero in on this sense of confidence, a goal of making us think they know exactly what's going on and exactly how to proceed and exactly what the answers should be. But I wanna say this to you, I want you to think about this. You know what I notice about myself in the middle of this? I just don't know. I just don't know. The answers are when it comes to this global pandemic, even for us as a church, as we wrestle through what our next steps are and how to gather well and safely and get back to whatever normal is going to be, I don't know the answers. If COVID-19 has made anything plain to us, is it that we don't have any 100 percent certainty of what is going to happen? We just don't know. Now I know this. Your, your favorite leader, your favorite politician, your favorite news source, they may have you convinced that they know all. These but do they? And I think I feel it in the same way as we're seeing more and more of this conversation, this action, these demonstrations, these protests, centering on racial righteousness. Let's call it that. In the kingdom of God, it's a desire for racial righteousness. When it comes to systemic racism and the Black Lives Matter movement, as we wrestle against what our response should be, in the middle of all that, in this cultural moment, we don't know perfect answers. We don't know. We, we know there's something wrong. We know there's some things going on. And, and I would say this, in the past 12 weeks, if the past 12 weeks have put, up, put us in our place, we might become brave enough to admit our place in the universe is the place where we finally say, we just don't still know. And you know what I want to to do? I want to be okay with that. I want to be okay with not knowing. I really do. In fact, I think in our culture, especially our United States culture of arrogance and false assurance and status, right? I'm convinced that there's this growing virtue of humility. And I actually think the virtue of humility is now getting more and more connected to courage. I'm actually convinced that it is bravery today. It is an act of courage to be honest enough to say, we just don't know. We just don't know all the answers. And you know what? That's always been the way of the kingdom. That courage, that humility, that open-handedness that says we just don't know, that's always been a kingdom of God virtue, because the kingdom of God has always been filled with those men and women who were brave enough to trust in God even when they didn't know what the outcome would be, even when they knew they were not guaranteed or they couldn't discern the clarity of answers there's this whole chapter in the book of hebrews hebrews 11 that tells us the stories of the people of faith and and it goes through this entire list and all these scenarios of how the people of faith followed god and in this chapter you see some of these heroes of the faith were rewarded for their perseverance and their faith and they were rescued miraculously but some they ended up dying for their faith they, they persevered in the face of uncertainty and yet they still died but right near the end of this chapter after describing all these heroes, verse 38 of Hebrews 11 it says the world was not worthy of them. The world was not worthy of them. It says they wandered in deserts and mountains. They lived in caves and in holes in the ground. They were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. There was so much uncertainty to the life of faith. And it was the courageous act of faith that said, We don't know what the outcome will be, but we will stay faithful to the things that God has for us. We will stay faithful to the things Jesus has for us. We will continue to live courageously in the face of being threatened with our lives, in the face of persecution, in the face of losing people and things around us. We see in these stories that the heroes of the faith always lived brave enough, bravely enough to walk into uncertainty with complete honesty. Friends, when it comes to COVID-19, we don't know the answers, and it's okay. I want encourage you, live with hope in the midst of not knowing. Live with full hopefulness. When it comes to these conversations about race, listen, last week we, we gave a message that was a hard message to give. And, and what I told my wife after that sermon was the fact that this was some of the, the, the most deafening silence I've ever heard out of our church because these conversations about racism, about equality, about social justice, when it comes to the color of someone's skin, these are incredibly hard conversations. And so a lot of times what we do when, we, when we're getting pressed against in our assumptions or the things that we think we know, we just shut down. And we respond with nothing but silence. And in the middle of such polarized politics and news media, it becomes even harder to walk in the awkwardness of saying we just don't know. It's uncomfortable. We have different opinions. We have different perceptions. We have different experiences. And if I'm being honest with you, even as a, as a pastor speaking to my friends who are, many of them are African American brothers and sisters, I get so hesitant at times to say what maybe I'm thinking or feeling because it's so difficult and I feel like I just don't know what's right, I don't know what's wrong, and I know they're hurting and I wanna step into those conversations, but I'm afraid of saying the wrong things. And I wanna to continue to just hammer this to you today. We live in a culture and an age where we need people, followers of Jesus, who are brave enough to say, I don't know. I don't know right now. And I think that's the best thing we can do. It's very okay to lean into our own ignorance, our own uncertainty, our own hesitation. This is what Jonathan does, right? He looks at his armor bearer and he says, perhaps, perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. And you know what else he he means there, what he implies there, what he could have said? He could have said, perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf, and perhaps he won't. Perhaps he won't. Perhaps we're going to go pick a fight, and we're going to die. But I think Jonathan says, but we have a sword, so let's use it. Let's use it. Let's not waste the sword that we have when it comes to these moments of global concern of our pandemic of the chaos the anxiety the fear when it comes to the 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 systemic oppression of our black brothers and sisters and the people of color we need to rise up and say we don't know the answers but we will be honest enough to step into the middle of the fight because god has called us to those places this is what jonathan does he walks into a battle. The scripture tells us that, that, that he looks at his armor bearer, and, and where they are, they're on a cliff, and then there's this valley below, and the Philistines are camped out on the other side of the cliff, and so they climb down. And then as they're climbing up the other cliff, we're told that the Philistines look down on them, and basically they say, finally, the Israelites are climbing out of their holes. Come on up here. And they do, and Jonathan and his armor bearers step into this place, step into this moment, where they see the Lord's hand, Rescue them. And we're told in 1 Samuel 14 that Jonathan and his armor bearer killed about 20 Philistines in a matter of minutes. And that's the that's the last thing I want to say to you. See, in the middle of our uncertainty, God does these amazing things, like helping us win battles. He sets a trajectory that changes our lives. See, I want you to hear this. I I feel often, I feel so inadequate as a pastor, as a leader. I just feel like I don't know what the right course is. I want to lead well. I want to shepherd well. I want to carry people well spiritually. But the reality is we don't always know the answer, but we lean on the fact that God will work in spite of us. God will work in the midst of uncertainty. And friends, that's what I want to challenge you with, encourage you to, convince you of today. That In the middle of your uncertainty, whatever that is, if it's the global situation of a pandemic, if it's the difficulty of these conversations about race, or if it's the personal specific things that you're wrestling with. The things that you don't know the answers for. The things that you say, I've got a, a, a diagnosis of cancer and I don't know how I'm going to get through it. I've got a relationship that's falling apart. I don't know what I'm going to do with my finances. They are dwindling. I have no hope. I'm losing the hearts of my kids. Whatever it is that you're facing that's uncertain, maybe today you can look and you, go, you can go, I've got a sword. Let's go fight because God has not given us, given us a spirit of fear, but of courage, and of power, and of truth. And so that's my question today. In the middle of the uncertainty, what's God saying to you? And what are you going to do about it? May you be brave enough not to know. May you be courageous enough to fight even when you don't know what the outcome's going to be. And may, in all of those things, may you find Jesus walking with you every step.